Hi, I'm Adam Holman, the Cottage Coach, here with a special sponsored episode of the Cottage Life Podcast, brought to you by Off Insect Repellent. In this episode, we're going to be talking all things ticks. And since getting bitten by a tick can lead to some serious health consequences, I'm going to be discussing ticks with my wife, Jenny, a nurse practitioner with plenty of experience in rural areas. This is the Cottage Life Podcast, where every... Hold on. Who left the screen door open? (sighs) A little off. Deep woods should do the trick. Now, as I was saying, this is the Cottage Life Podcast, where every day is the weekend. Hey, Cottage Coach Adam Holman here. If you know me, you know I spend a lot of time outdoors. Whether I'm camping with my family or fishing in my top-secret spot, there's nowhere I'd rather be than in the wild. But we all have to head home at some point, and I'm pretty sure the mosquitoes have put a homing device on me because sometimes they can be just as annoying in my backyard. So when I'm back in the city, I use the Backyard Mosquito Lamp Insect Repellent from Off. Whether I'm hosting a backyard party or gathering by the campfire with my family, The lamp provides mosquito repellency for all occasions. All I have to do is activate the repellent diffuser by lighting the candle, and it releases an active ingredient that repels those pesky mosquitoes for up to six hours. Which means I might never have to head inside again. I've never been much of an indoors guy. Whether I'm building a new project at the cottage, fishing out on the lake, or exploring a new trail, I spend a lot of time outdoors. And I've never been much of a long pants guy either. As soon as April comes around, my shorts go into full rotation, and I try not to wear pants again until ice fishing season. That's why ticks are a bit of a concern for me, especially since they're becoming more common in Canada. That's also why I've invited my wife, Jenny, who has a lot of experience dealing with ticks, to join me on this special episode of the Cottage Life Podcast. Welcome, Jenny. Glad to be here. Why don't you start by telling the listeners a little bit about your work? Well, I've been, in the, I've been a nursing professional for the last 12 years. I am currently an advanced practice nurse, um, being a nurse practitioner, so I can diagnose, prescribe, and order a, a bunch of diagnostic testing. And I currently work within family practice, so I see a wide range of ages and ailments, anything from preventative care to chronic care management. All right, and Jenny is also a huge fan of my puns and dad jokes, so I promised her I'd work plenty of tick puns into this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not doing that. (laughs) Would it uh, tick you off? (laughs) Please stop. Just making sure we're tick all the boxes (laughs) i'm not kidding (laughs) i'm sensing that puns aren't what make you tick (laughs) zero for three all right let's get serious then i thought we could start by discussing some top tick facts that all cottagers should know yeah let's get started the clock is ticking (laughs) all right so what are the main types of ticks that we need to watch out for in canada It is really the black-legged ticks that cause the most trouble. Some people also call them deer ticks because they like to feed on white-tailed deer. You can also find brown dog ticks and Rocky Mountain ticks in Canada, but it's mainly the black-legged ticks that carry Lyme disease. And how can we spot them? 
They're tiny, which makes them really tough to find sometimes. They're around a third of a centimeter long when they're unfed, but they can swell quite a bit once they are full of blood. You can usually tell if they're a black-legged tick by the color. Their bodies are an orangey brown, while their legs are... Black. Exactly. And where are we most likely to find them? Ticks love three things. Warm weather, tall grass, and lots of shade. So be careful when you're around bushes at the edges of forests. They can also be a problem in backyards with lots of shrubs and other tall leafy plants. So in other words, don't go outside unless you're in the middle of the city. <laughs> <laughs> definitely go outside and definitely spend time in nature. You just need to take the right precautions. All right, so let's say I'm packing up for a day on the trail. What should I do to stay safe from tick bites? Mm, you're not going to want to hear this, but... Long sleeves and long pants are some of the best ways to avoid ticks. <laughs> Not the shorts. Yes, the shorts. And of course, Off has a tick version of Deep Woods insect repellent, which also repels mosquitoes and black flies. That's important too. Health Canada has said that DEET is a very effective way to prevent tick bites. You can also think about wearing some light colored clothing to make the ticks easier to spot and you can tuck the long pants into your socks. Great, that's even more constrictive. Well, it's better than finding a tick latched onto your exposed skin. Speaking of which, whenever I've been in the woods, I always do a tick check afterwards because you can prevent infection if you remove a tick within 24 hours of it latching on. Can you describe how that works? I recommend the best time for a tick check is at night, right before you shower, after a day outside in the woods. You really want to check your body from head to toe, and you can also use a mirror to check your back. Or you could marry a nurse who's a pro at it. <laughs> that works too, but you do want to pay close attention to the spots where the ticks like to hide. Typically, I recommend looking along the hairline at the back of the neck, behind and inside your ears, in your armpits, around your groin, and between your toes. I'm actually pretty lucky that I've never ever found a tick on me, but let's say I did. What do we do next? Yeah. The next thing is to keep looking because if you find one tick on your body, there's a pretty good chance you'll find more. But once you're all clear, you want to remove it gently. Use tweezers to grip it as close to your skin as possible. I recommend pulling it straight away from the body. If you squeeze it too tight, you could release the dangerous bacteria into your bloodstream. In other words, Lyme disease. Which is something you don't want. Once you've removed the tick, keep it in a sealed container. Contact a healthcare provider to assess your risks. And don't skip that step, because even though not all ticks will transmit Lyme disease, it's still serious business, and early treatment is important. In short term, it can cause things like fever, fatigue, headaches, rashes, but long term, you're looking more like damage to your joints, heart, and nervous system. Which is bad news to anyone who loves spending time outdoors. Exactly. And are there any other diseases ticks can carry? Actually, yes. Black-legged ticks can also carry a disease called babesiosis. This affects your red blood cells. And lone star ticks, which are also showing across Canada, can carry alpha-gal syndrome, also known as AGS which can cause dangerous allergic reactions, 
and even anaphylaxis. Yikes. So if there's one clear takeaway for the podcast listeners, it's that preventing contact with ticks is a lot easier than spotting them, removing them, and figuring out what damage they may have done. And one of the best ways to do that, aside from having to wear long pants and long sleeves when you're in shady and grassy areas, is to top up those precautions with a repellent that contains DEET, like Off's Deep Wood Tick Formula. Well, there's one other thing, if you think you're ready for it. <laughs> What's that? I've got a tick quiz for you. Think the cottage coach can pass it? <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. These are going to be true or false questions from the experts at OFF. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Bring it on. <laughs> ticks are among the smallest insects in Canada. I'm going to say true. False. Ugh. That's one kind of trick question because ticks are arachnids, which puts them in the same family as spiders. And like all arachnids, they have eight legs. Ready for the next question? I'm ready. Ticks can jump up to three feet to land on their hosts. Oh, there's no way. No, I'm gonna say false. False. Yes. That's another tricky one because ticks actually don't jump. That's why they like long grass where they can wait until you brush past them so they can climb aboard. I knew that. I knew that one. I knew that they, they go okay, on the ends okay, and they- Okay, okay, number three. Okay. Ticks can spread Lyme disease through their saliva. I'm gonna say true. True. Yeah! Ticks feed on blood, so if they bite an animal with a blood-based pathogen, they can pass it along to their next host through their saliva. Huh. Showering within two hours of being outside will help rinse away ticks that haven't bitten yet. Uh, I'm gonna say that's true. True. It's not a foolproof option, but if a tick hasn't fully latched on yet, you can often rinse them away in the shower before they cause you any trouble but you should still do a tick check before you hop in. Hmm. Next question. Black-legged ticks can spread Lyme disease to dogs. I'm gonna say that's true too. True. Yes. Dogs can get Lyme disease too, so it's important to check your pup's fur for ticks if they were out on the trail with you. Ready for the next one? Mm -hmm. Ticks stick to your body by secreting a cement-like substance into your skin through their feeding tube. Um, I am gonna say that is false. That's true. And their saliva isn't just sticky. It also secretes a substance that numbs the pain of the bite. So you often don't notice when they've bitten you. Hmm. Next question. Okay. To safely remove a tick, Use tweezers and a quick yanking motion, like you're plucking a hair. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you want to remove it slowly. I also have a tick key. Yeah, false. Yeah. You want to remove a tick as gently as possible. You don't want to squeeze it because that could transmit more bacteria. Next question. After you remove a tick, flush it down the drain for safety. <laughs> no, that is false. <laughs> <laughs> Good, false. Definitely don't flush it. Keep it in a sealed container so that it can be assessed for any exposure to Lyme disease. Bring it in, bring it into you. Get your peace of mind. Last question. After a hike or camping trip, you can kill any ticks on your clothing or gear by putting it in the dryer for 10 minutes. That is interesting. Um... Oh, I'd never put my stuff in the dryer, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's true. 
Okay, that one sounds a little false, but it's actually true. Huh. 10 minutes in the dryer is a great way to kill them, and it's easier than searching for every square inch of your gear. Can you imagine all my camping gear in the dryer? Clunk, 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 no, clunk, clunk. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jenny, well, thank you very much for joining us today and bringing your education and uh, sitting here chatting with me about ticks. Thanks for having me. It was fantastic. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>Hey, Cottage Coach Adam Holman here. You know, some cottagers are all about the view. Me? I embrace the smells. Whether it's the scent of conifers after a good rain, or the Canadian bacon in my cast iron skillet. And that's why I like to use off gentle insect repellent during my outings. This deep free formula isn't oily or greasy. You won't even know you have it on. And it's odor free, so I can enjoy every breath when I'm outdoors. So I can focus on the smells of nature without hearing the sounds of mosquitoes when I'm in the woods. We close every podcast episode with a reading of a classic essay from the pages of Cottage Life magazine. And over our 35-year history, we've been lucky enough to have some of Canada's most distinguished writers reflect on life at the cottage. That includes international best-selling author Charles Wilkins, who wrote this essay, Take a Hike, Why Don't You, for our October 2005 issue. It's a celebration of the simple cottage hike, which, despite being one of the best ways to encounter ticks, is one of our favorite activities for a weekend at the cottage. It's read by Jeff Brown. An ancient Chinese philosopher, whose name I don't know, but who I believe worked out of the fortune cookie division, said that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. The cottage-adjusted version of this wise old dictum might well be that a journey of a single mile, a journey taken on foot, begins with a thousand tiny voices whispering that it would be easier just to hang out in the hammock for the morning or afternoon and avoid the journey altogether. Or that a journey of a thousand steps, or two, three, or four thousand, should not begin with a single step but with a single malt scotch, or perhaps a double single, or should end with one, or incorporate one mid-trip. Should those thousand tiny voices goad you into rising from your hammock and setting forth from the cottage on foot, your choices will by no means be limited to matters of fluid refreshment. Will it be shoreline or forest, trail or road, sunrise or sunset, accompanied or alone, heart-pumping or heart-soothing? Well into his 80s, my dad applied his cottage hiking preferences by getting up earlier than everybody else, and binoculars and notebook in hand, setting off for two or three hours on his own. The singularity preserved him from those who might not have shared his taste for waiting motionless under a tree for half an hour to see if a red-eyed vireo that he had seen there the previous summer might show up again or from those inclined to enthuse every half hour over the fact that at 85, he could still hike the seven or eight kilometers over to Echo Lake and back without a rest. I'll rest when I'm dead, he once told me. Since the range of preferences is vast, and since many cottage hikes occur at the bidding of others, want to take a hike around the swamp before the mosquitoes start biting? I have evolved a private rule of thumb. 
a kind of discomfort quotient for determining the likely outcome of any proposed hike. Namely, the cushier such a hike has made the sound, the more grueling it is bound to turn out. And the worse it sounds at the first, the better it is likely to be. A simple principle best understood by recalling your mother telling you that, say, parsnips taste great and are good for you, and you're having to learn the hard way that, well, you know. My most recent reminder of this eccentric private gauge came last August at the family cottage, when my sister suggested we get up at six the next morning and embark on a health-inducing tramp down the old Musquash Road, the historic wagon trail between Bala and Gravenhurst, which runs directly past the cottage. And peel these parsnips while you're at it. But we went, carrying a thermos of coffee and some Niagara peaches, and had not walked 200 meters when a lithe white-tailed deer bounded out of the forest in front of us, followed another 100 meters down the road by a lumpish old porcupine, as indifferent as a doorknob. A heron fished in the inky waters of the swamp south of Dutchman's Hill, and a great gray owl swooped from the treetops with a boldness unknown to wildlife once the sun is high and the mass of humanity afoot. It wasn't long before the blood was coursing, the air flowing deep into the lungs, and we were engaged in an invigorating conversation the likes of which we had not had in years. When we got back, flushed with endorphins and ready for a swim, my teenage son slumped out of the bedroom, grumbling something about what right did we have to be feeling so good about ourselves at 8.30 in the morning. Hiking makes you feel good about yourself. Conversely, I recall my ex-wife deciding that instead of calling to be picked up by boat when we arrived at Granite Lake in northwestern Ontario one evening long ago, we should simply hike around the lake to her family's remote cottage, a distance of some five kilometers over rough terrain through fairly dense spruce bush. It would be a breeze and a joy, not to mention a bracing transition from the dust of the city and highway to the welcome and restorative air of the wilderness. Blackfly-infested air parsnip infested. When we arrived, ninety minutes later, sweaty, argumentative, whipped by a thousand stray spruce branches, our nerves jangled by the periodic alarms of a black bear crashing through the underbrush, we were so lumpy and blood-smeared with bug bites that we were all but ready to return to the welcome and restorative air of the city. I have hiked tundra, glaciers, and mountain trails, have slogged through swamp, and across river ice and under waterfalls, and along four-lane highways. I have hiked into the rising and setting sun, and gloriously under the stars. Have burned shoe rubber in forty cities and a dozen more countries. But the most satisfying hikes of all for me have always been those taken within six or eight kilometers of the cottage door at Clear Lake in Torrance. Whatever you choose to call them, walks, strolls, adventures... Cottage hikes are the ambulatory equivalent of spending time with old friends, shorelines, rock faces, pine stands, or hearing a favorite story set in a cherished landscape told again. Cottage hikes are memory, exploration, desire, sometimes of the romantic variety. I recall hustling deep into the woods on foot in the presence of one or another of my long-lost girlfriends, to where we could and did smooch unobserved, except perhaps by chickadees, which, unlike parents, approve fully of such meaningful tomfoolery. The best thing of all about the cottage hike, as compared, say, with the grueling 30-miler, is its spontaneous and irreducible simplicity. The instructions are self-evident. Leave cottage, walk to trail or shoreline, 
Follow until you feel like turning back. A walk becomes a hike with the addition of forethought. Perhaps provisions, a destination. It is a timeless truth the value of travel lies more in the journey than in the destination. Everybody says so, but don't underestimate destinations. Arrival counts. At the picnic rock, the lookout, the swimming hole, the fishing spot below the rapids. Or in my own family's case, the ice stream soda shop in Bala. One of my favorite mini hikes with the kids is across Bala from Windsor Park to the ice cream shop after the water ski show on Tuesday nights. Hike not until it hurts, but like giving to charity until it feels good, or tastes, or smells, or looks good, or all of the above, and it will. Think of hiking not as just a workout for the muscles or a mobile meditation, but as a banquet for the senses and an opportunity for that rarest of occurrences in this era of shrinking expectations. Surprise. Discovery. What the saints called revelation. Go where the wild things are. Within a kilometer of the cottage, I've discovered snapping turtles, foxes, orchids, bald eagles, bears. As a kid, I came across the skeleton of a wolf. And in the berry patch on Southwood Road, a black capsule the size of a cucumber, which my mother identified, perhaps correctly, as an unexploded mortar shell. I've discovered a pear tree where I never thought it could have existed. I've discovered harpies, of the metaphoric variety, in the lowlands along Brandy Creek. Beyond woods and wildlife, hikers are inclined to discover themselves. If the latter is a discovery you're interested in making or renewing, you might consider hiking alone, uphill. You might also seek yourself in the company and perspective of fellow hikers, or in the presence of the dog, or since we are creatures of the earth, in the fragility of irises, the persistence of cicadas, the mystery of snakes, or in the leisure of the hammock, where you can dream about the hike you took that morning, which has now caused you to lie down, or the one you're going to take when you get up. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe to the Cottage Life podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. We'll have new episodes every week throughout the summer, just in time for your drive up to the cottage. We'd love to hear from you. Post a review or email us at edit at cottagelife.com. To find out more about our magazine, our television shows, and our live events, visit cottagelife.com. This special sponsored episode of the Cottage Life Podcast was brought to you by Off Insect Repellent. That's it for the Cottage Coach. I'll see you on the dock. <laughs>